This is HPR episode 2350 entitled Ahuka Insurance Understanding the Marketplace. It is hosted by Ahuka and is about 10 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is how the health insurance market works in the US. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. This is Ahuka welcoming you to Hacker Public Radio and another exciting episode. And I want to continue my look at um, health insurance and healthcare policy um, because I think there's some things worth unpacking here. Those of you who are outside of the United States, maybe this will help you to understand some of the issues that we're dealing with. Um, and, you know, uh, people inside the United States, maybe this will help clarify what the issues are. Uh, So what I want to do now is I want to talk about the marketplace, because as we saw previously, um, the United States, things tend to be market-based. Healthcare is no great exception, and uh, the Obamacare um, was set up on the idea that it was going to operate through private insurance in private markets. Uh, So how does all of that work? it's not easy, okay? So let's run through some basic principles here, okay? Uh, principle number one, companies must be able to make a profit or they won't stay in the market. Uh, now, this is something I usually covered in semester one of economics back when I was teaching. It really is economics 101 stuff, okay? Uh, companies cannot be forced to lose money indefinitely, um, so that, that one is out. Now, how do companies make a profit? There's only one way. You have to keep revenues above costs. It's very simple. Um, now, this can mean raising prices or cutting costs as needed uh, in general. In an insurance market, it means raising premiums or reducing or denying benefits. Those are the ways you either raise revenue or cut costs. Now, in insurance markets, you are betting on future events. Uh, Basically, when you buy a policy, you are betting, so to speak, that something bad is going to happen that will require a benefit payment. And the insurance company is betting that it won't happen. And the last of the basic principles, insurance companies make this work by pooling risks. They don't necessarily know which person will make a claim, but if they get large numbers, like millions, uh, then it's very easy for them to uh, get a pretty good idea of how many people will file a claim. So with this as a starting point, what can we say about the health insurance marketplace? 
Uh, and again, I'm going to be focusing on the United States. Now, in the United States, most people with health insurance get it as a benefit from their employer. This is kind of an accident, really, and comes from World War II. Uh, during the war, labor was scarce, uh, you know, all of the soldiers in Europe and the Pacific, uh, and government price controls prevented any wage increases that might have drawn in additional workers. Providing health insurance as a benefit was allowed, however, and so the process began. Uh, there's a link in the show notes if you want to read more about that little aspect of history. Now, one thing this story should make clear is that this is a cost to the employer and is part of the wage costs that employers look at. Now, in the United States, if you have ever been involved in management, um, if you've been involved on the finance side or the human resources side, um, that's very clear. You know, you come up with a overall wage cost every time you hire an employee, and it's much higher than the actual salary that the employee gets because you put in all of those benefit costs, and uh, that is going to factor into the, uh, the hiring. Now, as health costs rose in the last few decades, that started to create problems for employers, so they started looking for ways to reduce their costs. Now, this has meant something referred to as cost shifting, meaning more of the costs are shifted to the employee. And as costs rose, smaller employers were more likely to not offer insurance at all or find ways to restrict who could get it such as limiting it by job class or the number of hours worked. This left more workers without insurance. Now, in 1965, the government passed a program called Medicare uh, and then another one called Medicaid. Now, Medicare was initially targeted at providing insurance to elderly people who would otherwise not have it. Uh, it was later expanded to include certain types of disabled people. Medicaid, which was part of the same overall legislative package, was targeted at people who were receiving cash assistance from the government, uh, what we would call being on welfare. Um, now, what all of these provisions have in common is a large role for the private sector. Um, Employer-provided health insurance is purchased from private companies who need to be actuarially sound and make a profit. Medicare and Medicaid are not required to make a profit, but do need to be actuarially sound. And all three programs simply pay for services rendered by doctors and hospitals who overwhelmingly are private entities. Now, another common feature of all three of these is that they do a pretty good job of pooling risk. A large company might offer many thousands of employees in a batch to an insurance company, making the pool profitable to the company. Some of those people would have health issues, but others wouldn't, and the employer would pay the same premium for all of them. So, for a company, they might have someone in their 50s experiencing health problems, but also some people in their 20s with very few problems, and the employer would pay the same premium for all of them. 
With Medicare and Medicaid, this doesn't work the same exactly, since almost by definition you are dealing with a less healthy population on average. But there is still pooling of risk going on in these programs, and the pools are significantly larger, millions instead of thousands. So, providers. All right, this is the term used to talk about doctors, hospitals, labs, etc., the people, in other words, the entities that are providing health care, and they're always referred to as providers. In any market analysis, you do need to look at both sides of the market, both the supply and the demand. So we have to look at the supply from these providers, doctors, hospitals, labs, providers of durable medical equipment, ambulances, and so on. All of these are providers. Doctors are primarily for-profit. Hospitals have a fairly significant non-profit component, so there are non-profit hospitals and for-profit hospitals in the marketplace. Um, Now, the evidence shows that care is about the same level of quality either way, and finances are pretty similar. For either doctors or hospitals, they need to cover all of their costs, plus some margin that may be called profit or fund balance or whatever. This is where the money comes from to invest in new facilities, equipment, and so on. Doctors have the ability to decide who they will take as patients, and health insurance is a definite factor. Now, in health insurance, the payments that doctors and hospitals get are called reimbursement, the idea being that they have incurred costs that they need to be reimbursed for. If reimbursement rates are too low for a given payer, uh, say an insurance company or the government, they may refuse to take those patients. That is why you may need to shop around for a doctor who will take your insurance. Hospitals are a little different. They usually have contracts with all of the major insurers and with the government, But you can still get caught if you go to a hospital your insurer doesn't approve of. Uh, This is called being out of network. But the biggest difference is that hospitals are legally required to take emergency cases, at least up to the point where the patient is stabilized. In other words, can be put back on the street. This can result in what they call uncompensated care. Now, does that mean they never get any payment? No, it doesn't. Both the government and the major insurers will allow hospitals to claim compensation to cover that, at least to some degree. So some of those costs are recovered. Not all of them, though. So if you have people using the emergency room uh, and there really is an emergency, they cannot be turned away. But they are using the most expensive form of medical care, And costs are being passed back to either taxpayers or to insurance premiums because insurance companies are not charities either. So, with this information, we can start to look into the trade-offs involved in the funding of healthcare U.S. style. So, this is Ahuka thanking you and reminding you, as always, to support free software. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. 
Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license. Thank you.